0: And welcome to Resolve, an after play show. This would be an after show for a role playing game that does not have an actual play, where we would tell you the details of our game so you don't have to listen to it, but we didn't have a session this week. Hi, I'm Sammy. I'll be your host. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Assyria Molly the Mermaid. Joining me is my wonderful co host, Alex. Hi,
1: I'm Alex, and I use he, him pronouns.
0: We are joined today by Daniel.
1: Hi, my name is
2: Daniel, and I use he, him pronouns.
0: Alright, welcome, thank you for joining us today. So, since we didn't have anything to recover last week, we figured we would do another playlist episode today, this time starring me in a series.
1: What's the general vibe for the playlist? How did this one come together?
0: I kinda had a very strong concept of what I wanted to do with this playlist going in. I definitely wanted to have it a bit softer then my normal playlist would be a lot of my playlists for characters are a lot more in-your-face, overt, about some of the themes going on. But I think with a series' general personalities being relatively meek... And not very confident, I wanted to put that demureness in there. I also wanted to layer as many ocean and nautical themes as I could possibly cram in there, and I think I did a very decent job of that. Thirdly, I think flow would be the most important element that I wanted to incorporate into this. I think I did a good job of making all the the songs sound realistic as if they were together on an album of sorts, or at least a mixtape.
1: So I think we talked a little bit on my episode about a lot of the songs influencing... How Smog came into the game, but you finished this one well after we started playing, right? Like you had, you had bones, but not all of it.
0: Yeah, the general theming of this is still kind of before the campaign starts. It just took me a second because I wasn't 100% sure about who Assyria was until we started playing for those pieces to sort of come together. Like there's a couple songs I immediately knew that before we started, we're going to be on there. The Diving Bells, definitely, mm-hmm. for example. A lot of that didn't really lock into place until we were like, you know, at least five or six sessions in. And even then, I didn't really finish this until like a couple of weeks ago, 100% where I was happy with it. Like there's been a lot of tweaking and moving pieces around. I think I put on like three or four songs only to remove them and then swap them with other things.
1: Just so that we have context for wherever we slot this in, which session are we on? when we are recording this we're out, we're just after 21 right yeah
2: yeah we're uh, we're just following session 21 everyone has almost attained the core of the world of ages second world that they've journeyed into with going for an oceanic feel parts of the playlist also feel just very ethereal as well some of them are very dreamlike in sound that sort of roped its way and i think maybe as a consequence
0: Yeah, I'm glad to hear that because I really wanted to capture a sense of mysticality in everything that the series is because she's kind of of two worlds in a way. She's sort of transitioning into her position in her culture, but she's not sure of it still. So she's very much on that borderline of do I lean more into this mysticality? Do I run away and do my own thing? I'm not quite certain here. I'm glad it's like that sound on the edge of your hearing that mysticism is playing in. So I'm glad to hear that. I also have zero interest in playing normal characters. I am 100% interested (laughs) in playing monsters. So (laughs) even if they look normal, there has to be a sense of monstrosity there. As I said earlier, I've been trying to be not as overt with that monstrousness. So I hope it's a little bit boiling under the surface here. Mm So let's get started into the tracks. First up we have Seafarer's Lullaby by Ginny D.
2: first heard this song, it immediately reminded me of Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh! It's because of the music box, it's because of some of the notes that it progresses to, and obviously
1: the subject matter.
2: Very ethereal.
1: I see you have some biographical information about Ginny D over here, but I have a little bit of context for this song. I I had not heard it before the Assyria playlist, I'll be honest, however, I do know this YouTuber from her cosplay. She got very popular doing cosplay of one of the second campaign Critical Role characters. And I love that show. (laughs) 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 That character, spoilers for Critical Role Campaign 2, ends up dating another character who has a bit more of a nautical theme, is a warlock to this deep sea demigod that has sort of nefarious and mysterious powers and ends up for a brief time having this other nautical character has a brief affair with someone else who seems to be a warlock of the same patron so i wonder if this was maybe a little inspired by those characters because it seems to be a lot of the content that was on her channel from that time. Hmm, interesting. That would make sense.
0: I would not know that. I found out about this album from Netherworld Post, which you should go check them out. They do monster stories and small postal cards, so you can get like stamps, postcards, that sort of stuff from them. That's it's all good. It's well written. But they recommended this album for like a, just a mermaid album, and like every song on this, I guess, it's more of an EP because it's like six songs, I think. But everything has to do with mermaids and like drowning people. It's great.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody just really liked mermaids and wanted to do a mermaid (laughs) album too, but I was thinking there's a lot of nautical stuff going on with a character that's very closely related to that character. So maybe
0: it certainly makes sense. I haven't seen anything from season two critical role, but I, I will totally take your word for it. <laughs> my, my goal in this song on the playlist is I sort of, I like to open with like an invocation to a muse, and just the orchestration and the texture of this piece sort of gives me that it moves you spatially. I feel it moves you from the surface going down underwater as you sort of go down that descending scalar baseline there. It feels like you're going under the surface, and you're a human sort of entering this world, which is hopefully what I'm bringing you into with a series here.
1: And yeah, we caught those major themes that you wanted us to have for the overall playlist. It's very ethereal, because it's a lullaby. It's a mother singing her son to sleep. Pretty explicitly from the lyrics, I think. We're taking a trip to the deep dark.
0: Ah, the abyssal plane. (laughs)
1: That little section where it intersects with the plane of water.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the second song on this playlist is Call of the Sea by Claudie McCollum. So Call of the Sea is on the 2015 album Dreamer by Claudia McCullough as I said. She is a vocalist and composer and often works with fantasy orchestral and Celtic style music. I don't know a ton about her there wasn't a lot of stuff on her info page but apparently she did a vocal soundtrack for an XCOM game mod so that's fun.
1: That's really interesting. I wonder if I plan to play the newer XCOMs at some point maybe I'll come across it.
0: Maybe we'll have to find out.
2: What was your sort of interaction with this song? What sort of motivated you to put it on the series playlist? Well,
0: there's two things. One is I generally like to have at least one song on every character playlist that is non-lyrical. There's vocals in this, but it's not words. Because I think either an instrumental or more soundtrack sort of sound adds characterization beyond what, you know, you can look at the lyrics and know what they're talking about and be like, oh, I connect the dots here. I, I like to have something that's a bit more open to interpretation, where you have to figure out why it makes sense. And I think it's a little obvious for this one. This one isn't a hard one, because, you know, you have the sound of the ocean waves in the background as a, as a sound element. You have the sort of distant bell chiming, echoing the little music box from the previous song. But also, I put this on here because... I like to imagine this is a series singing to herself under the water alone. Because she's alone yeah. for most of her, her time. So I was like, oh, she's definitely doing this to keep herself entertained.
2: As I say, it was very atmospheric. I, I,
1: I think that plays very well into that. Yeah, I was thinking about how I might slot this in. Because there's obviously so much about Siri that has to do with music. And I did think this as her singing. But I wasn't sure if it was like the song of her people that she's talked about before. Or this was maybe we've talked about a series thoughts being musical. I thought like, I could kind of fit for this a little more than that, because the, the other one's going to have a detailed story of people's lives, and this is just humming.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's more of either her just sort of musing to herself or her thought process, because well, in my head, the song of her people is deeply complicated and just absolutely structured as like a multi-teal thing. I definitely agree that it doesn't fit for this song. But this is just her sort of cruising around in the Hadle zone, just having a good time. <laughs> or a bad time, I don't know. Because there's not really a strong emotional inflection here. It's almost monotone, but not, at least in, like, emotion.
1: It's still a little dreamlike and, and wistful. It's It feels like it wants something to happen. There's just on the edge of there being vocals at some point, it feels like. This is this is on the precipice of something, but it always pulls back, too.
0: Yeah, it moves like the ocean does, too. It builds up and it ebbs back, and then it goes up and it comes back again. So the third song is The Diving Bell by The Crane Wives. the album Safe Ship Harbor. It was the first album released by the Crane Wives in 2011. The Crane Wives are from Grand Rapids, Michigan. A lot of their music is delving into that folk rock style, a lot of acoustic guitar competing with electric guitar in a stylized fashion. And they mostly have intelligent styled lyrics about personal struggles and identity. They were formed post-college in 2010.
1: I'm very happy that we have something that calls out the abyss by name here. It makes me wonder if you chose that name for this song specifically.
0: When Dan and I were like talking about this campaign, and like I was starting to form characterization stuff for a series, I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to go. I knew I wanted to play a mermaid, but I didn't know what kind of mermaid. Which is why there's that the deep and the shallow level mermaids that are in. A series world. I was torn between a concept for a shallow one but then literally I can tell you exactly what happened. We were driving to pick up food from Panera and the song came on shuffle and while Dan was inside I was just like I understand. I know I know like I had a series name I kind of figured what she looked like and then I heard the song I was like this is her. This is her personality. This is her external bubbliness. There's that upbeat chipper sort of banjo play here. And the lyrics could not be more spot on if they tried. And the reason I selected this clip for this particular episode was Far into abyss in your silent lips, call me while I sleep. Beautiful. Perfect. Encapsulates (laughs) everything I want to about the character.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's this embrace of not necessarily dying, but the possibility of death.
0: Yeah, and she's not terrified of that. Like, death is not a fear for a series. It's acceptance and then being a bigger part of the whole she's not sure where she fits in yet so it's not dying that bothers her so she'll go into anything as we've seen without fear
2: do you think isiri finding herself in this faraway place this strange environment do you think this is her metaphorical diving bell
0: yeah, I think so. I also think it's very funny that because obviously all these songs are written by humans and not mermaids, a lot of these songs mention drowning. And what is she except in the air drowning in all this knowledge, all this environmental factors that she'd never experienced before. Dee in a previous episode said that the series seems to be plagued by decision fatigue, and that's absolutely correct, because there's just so much going on. And you're right, she's sort of trapped in that little water bubble in her own little personal diving belt trying to figure out what the hell is going on.
2: They're almost at the point where they're kind of overwhelmed by the uncertainty of where they fit in. It's kind of a conflict with who they think they're supposed to be versus what they've experienced, yeah. what they've been able to get work.
0: Yeah, what they've experienced and what they want for themselves. Because beforehand, she was on a completely different concept of her own identity before all the priestess stuff happened. She never considered it for herself.
1: Honestly, that's great framing for a lot of the the drowning things that happened throughout the playlist, because I had trouble sort of circling that with a series experience being the sort of siren's like, okay, she's having her own experience of being overwhelmed, but trying to embrace it.
0: Yeah, and I think that echoes very well at the end of the song where it just repeats the refrain, I'm not afraid to give you everything, because she's not. Asiri will always do her best to the 100% capacity that she can. There's no like middle ground for her. The fourth song is The Current by Whale Bones. Bones is a small indie side project from Indianapolis composed of duo singer/ songwriter Nathan Kane and drummer Paul Learman. This was released on the Seaside EP in July of 2015, and every song on this album is ocean themed.
1: So something I don't think we got from that clip is there's a lot of lack of vocals at the start and it's not quite as tense. I love that it builds to anxiety when he starts talking.
0: Yes, 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 correct. Because this is the first song on the EP and it sort of builds up. This entire EP is about just dealing with yourself and your emotions and like guilt. It's very powerful. I would highly recommend everybody go listen to it because you can feel that the vocalist is just absolutely crushed with the weight of whatever is going on here. And I think that matches the series quite well.
1: It's a good contrast with the previous track, I think, because we have this embrace of the abyss, but we've contrasted that with the fear you've talked about of accepting new responsibility.
2: Correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, but I think you kind of tried to arrange them in order so that it like the beginning you had to like a lot of the softer ones and you, you kind of tried to have it smoothly transition into things that start to ramp up to be i guess ebbing and flowing is a good one yeah I, I
0: like the push-pull I, I want things to be dynamic in everything i do so the beginning parts of this playlist is soft and ethereal and as we're going into the squeeze that's sort of the middle i'm slowly turning up the dial on the anxieties on the fears the stresses and this is This is the transition song into some of the harder songs on the playlist because I couldn't figure out a way other than to ease you into it. There's a gentleness and the high guitar plucking is very somber, but at the same time, there's a lot of stress underneath. I don't know how to describe it better than that.
2: It could be a bit of a challenge having a playlist, especially one that sort of represents a character, kind of flow and not have the songs be too jarring. This is definitely a good way to do that. Is there anything just personal to you for what you think about this song for Siri?
0: The section that was played was most of the lyrics for this song. It's very short lyrically, like Alex said. There's just a lot of instrumental buildup and release at the end. For somebody that lives their life mostly alone, it's very rare that her species comes together and does things. It sort of gives you a lot of time to be stuck in that thought vortex of, oh, I messed up. I, you know, I should have done this. I could have been better. And I think this song emulates that for her. The fifth song is Persephone by Daisy the Great. is an indie pop band from Brooklyn led by Kelly Nicole Dugan and Mina Walker. They met as acting majors at NYU. This song, Persephone, was released alongside a cover of the Scarborough Fair in February of 2021.
1: I wonder if this was one you added later. I did listen to an earlier version of a series playlist and I can't remember what was on it, but it feels like this was a little more influenced by the way the party has reacted to a series. There's very much a front of a series being a monster, there's monstrous appearance, but everybody sort of treats her like a cinnamon roll. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, the song it's definitely not the oldest song, but it's definitely not a new song. It's been on there for a while. I definitely agree with everything you're saying. That certainly cements its position here. But also one of the things I told Dan when I was creating this character was I want her to have a complete culture shock. And one of the things therein would be humans being used to the mermaid story, the siren story. Oh, this person is going to drag me and kill me and all that horrible nonsense. I want Asiri to feel that because she's never experienced that sort of thing. That doesn't really occur for her. I'm just very interested to see how she reacts to tales about the shallow folk, which is something... She's A, very unfamiliar with, she never really encountered many of them, but also the fact that that reputation precedes her is something I wanted to experience. The party definitely has its reservations. Definitely when we first got to sequence charter and we messed with Toroid uh, <laughs> that uh, unintentionally spread a little bit, but I'm, I'm still sort of waiting for that character uh, engagement for her.
1: It's hard because essentially, Assyria is in a party of monsters. There's one in particular who doesn't look it, and is more so
2: (laughs) (laughs) i think for a lot of people there's one the group together is already a sight to behold (laughs) it i think for a lot of people there they start out in a sort of captive wonderment for assyria in particular it's i think for a lot of people it's been almost entrancing because assyria is such such a unique sight, and it's it's maybe only when, it inadvertently, a Siri acts that the horror sort of dawns <laughs> on. Oh, that's <laughs> my
0: favorite thing. thing, though. I love that. Because you're right, she is kind of pegged as this sweet, innocent thing, but there are times when the fact that she is a creature comes out to play. And I sort of like that. I also like that the general theme of this song is just female empowerment. And no matter Mm. what you do, you're going to be pegged as a whore, a bitch, some sort of unsavory character because, oh, you're clearly influencing people with your feminine wiles. Yeah,
1: I was wondering why Persephone specifically. And that that was a part that you clipped out. But I was thinking that must be important because I know you and your level of lore. (laughs) I was thinking, like, is is a Siri? the Persephone to the Abyss as the light and the darkness.
0: You could say that in a way. Absolutely. There's definitely that duality. Uh, one of the things that does drive me nuts about this song is Persephone is not a siren in any... Yeah, in any, I know. Yeah, <laughs> It drives me a little batty. For what you were saying, absolutely. There's. I'm playing a lot with themes of light and darkness. Her character is playing the light playbook. There's the darkness from the fact that she lives in never-ending Night of the Abyss. There's the absolutely uplifting and bubbly light spirit that Asiri carries in her personality, but also that really dark cutting edge of her own anxiety. So there's a lot of contrast being played here, much like Persephone herself being a goddess of nature, but also being the queen of the underworld.
2: The song sort of hints at an idea of a monstrous nature from within, despite outward appearances. So was there anything that you had in mind for Asiri that particularly connects to that?
0: I do, but I don't want to talk about it here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a lot of that depends on what happens in the game. I'm leaving that very open-ended because like I said with that duality, you you are dancing on that razor's edge. You could easily plunge into being a very helpful, spirited, light sort of oriented creature or you could easily fall off and jump into the abyssal darkness of malevolence. I haven't quite figured out where she's going with that, or if she's going to fall off that edge at all onto either side. It's something that's definitely in my mind.
1: Taking a little tangent with mythology, as we talked about a little bit, sirens aren't like at their most traditional, completely mermaid-like, right? Like we've got, they're kind of wings. Yeah,
0: they're like these bird-like creatures, but they're not quite harpies. So it depends on which story you're talking about. The term has definitely been, in modern times, co-opted into what you would traditionally think of as a mermaid. And there's plenty of Greek stories that have serpent-like fish creatures singing to you, uh, looking at you, Odysseus. Sirens in their most original form, if I remember correctly, are like these weird bird creatures.
2: I think the kind of through line is the fact that it's a form of singing or some kind of allure yeah. that they all sort of use to basically get people right where they want them before they
1: strike. <laughs> is there something from any different interpretation of sirens that are a little less mermaid-like that a Siri has?
0: I know the traditional interpretation of a siren is like half human woman and then fish tail or body. I know plenty of Artists and creators more recently have done what I've done with the series with like octopi and jellyfish and other invertebrates, but I really didn't want to make just the standard fish lady, you know, I didn't want her to have a large chest and long flowing blonde hair, I wanted something a little bit more insidious in nature. Mm. she's based off mostly a greenland shark and the vampire squid which we don't know a ton about and i kind of wanted to play off of that unknownness
1: i love that that's true but she also still has that sort of classically appealing silhouette
0: yes so that
1: (laughs) you you can still have the sort of play of the fatal attraction yeah
0: but also partially because she's emaciated because her culture is starving, (laughs) so (laughs) normally a bit more plump
2: notice the Asiri has used music a lot to sort of attain what they need to get done, but just also through the use of illusions in general. Although what's interesting for Asiri is that a lot of the illusions that I think Asiri makes almost make her out to be more terrifying than how she actually is, as opposed to the other direction, you know?
0: That's very intentional because in the deep sea, your goal is to either distract and get away or scare whatever's trying to get you. And if she can pretend to be more than she is, that's a very easy way to get away because... Siri is not the top of the food chain. There are things that definitely would go after and eat her her species. It makes sense from a biological standpoint. And it's also just fun from like a player standpoint, because I know that Asiri is probably not going to go up and actually summon like a bunch of anglerfish to go bite people. But she wants her enemy to think that. So she doesn't have to do that. She can. She just doesn't want to. She would much rather avoid conflict at all costs. And if that means scaring somebody, then that's okay with her. The sixth song is All or Nothing by The Dream Masons. are a four-piece indie-slash-blues band from Cleveland, Ohio. They originally formed under the name Hello, Violet, but relaunched as the Dream Masons in March of 2017, and this song is, in fact, off of their EP called Hello, Violet in reflection of that. It was released in June of 2016. I love this song. This song was in my rabbit hole of Spotify adventuring, one that was just recommended randomly, and I was like, dude... (laughs) oh it's so good
2: this song occasionally gets stuck in my head good. and i think i'll forever associate this with the
0: i cannot think of a song that more perfectly encapsulates what her interior negative monologue is it's just so <laughs> like a siri does not swear a siri is externally extraordinarily upbeat or if she's sad, then like it's just like a blubbering what pathetic said. It's not like angry. There, there's no secondary emotion expressed. But when she's mad, she just pulls inward and just starts criticizing herself. And in fact, in my mind, I can just think of a conversation with her priest chieftain rathios who has done nothing but criticize her mistakes and blunders and this is just in her mind after that conversation
1: yeah i think every character played at list needs one song that's about the character's most toxic trait
0: <laughs> <laughs> boy what a toxic trait
1: <laughs> it makes me feel like a is kind of this gifted student <laughs> Oh, gifted student syndrome is pretty uh, Are we good calling me personally? out personally?
0: I would like to know before I get roasted.
1: Look, who among us has not <laughs> at some point been in the gifted classes or whatever? Mm.
0: But I also like how this reflects a bit back onto the diving bell, too, because I'd sooner give it all away than just give only half of me. Is reflected in I'll give you everything. And Asiri is 100% all or nothing. If she doesn't think she can do it, she'll back away and find her way out of it. But if she does, she's going to do it to her best 100% of the time.
1: Fight or flight, always active. Fight or flight, always <laughs>
0: active. Also, I just really enjoy the Dream Masons. Ever since discovering the song, I have listened to more of their discography. Not this song, but some other songs that they've done sort of remind me of a, an older No Doubt. Ooh. There's a lot of like sort of Scott inspiration in some of the other songs. Not so much in this one, but I'm just like, ooh, that's interesting. I also just, adore how the guitar is handled in this song. It's just so unabashedly there.
1: We're definitely building the sort of tension and the aggression here too but my big note for this song was, this is the most aggressive one so far.
0: (laughs) And I I know it's not the
1: most aggressive one in the the playlist.
0: (laughs) I'm really squeezing you. I'm just building that pressure up behind you. Get scrungled.
1: coming in.
0: The seventh song is Animal by Badflower.
3: Always with me My cynical siren song You win and run, Got your prey now Your ravenous come to feed Keep using your words to come
0: Bad Flower is composed of singer-guitarist Josh Katz, lead guitarist Joey Morrow, bass guitarist Alex Espiritu, and drummer Anthony Sonetti. This song was originally released on the About a Girl EP in 2012, but it was re-released again on their official album, Temper, in September of 2016. They're an American rock band. that were founded in LA. And like all good songs, this song is about a breakup of a volatile relationship.
1: Yeah, I actually wanted to start with that because I feel like we're going for a more literal interpretation of the lyrics here. But does this say anything about a possible love life for a series? <laughs>
0: I've been loosely thinking about it, and I don't know if this is just my attachment to a particular NPC. We'll see how that goes. I'm not going to say more than that. But right now, it's hard for me as somebody who doesn't think of characters in a very romantic sense, except very rarely. But we'll see where it goes. We'll see what happens. I have concepts, but I don't know nothing about them yet. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually thinking about that this week. I was like, Ooh! (laughs) <laughs> but we'll see.
2: Yeah, this is this is very distinctly a different genre from what we've heard before. At least a different energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got we got hard rock going on for
4: yeah, this series
2: of this songs here you know there are parts of it that are quite violent aside from some of the things that alex said could be taken quite literally is there an aspect that explains why the song has the energy that it does for a series so
0: spoiler alert for the, the show so if you haven't seen the episode titled you monster burn I encountered this song not long after that session, like maybe the day after, and I was like, holy crow. Because this song is just, when the beast sort of made Asiri go back to that primal state this is the fight part of a serious fight or flight this is everything this is her hunting this is from the perspective of that fish being drawn in you know you're about to die here but you can't look away either i think that even in her angriest rawest most aggressive state there's something absolutely enchanting about her and you just can't look away
1: it's her shark frenzy <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I thought there was a lot of good call out of specific animals and stuff here. Why specifically the chimera showing no mercy?
0: Because she is a bit of a chimera being a piece of a lot of different sea creatures. If you get a Asiri to that state of just fight, there is no mercy. It's gone. She's just, she's out for the kill at that point. You're beyond the path of reckoning there.
1: Oh, I get it for Asiri. I was more thinking about the lyrics in the original context of the song, like, <laughs> what, what about the chimeras? I guess it is supposed to be pretty gnarly. Yeah,
0: I mean, chimeras themselves being, for the uninformed, a conglomeration of animals, usually with like a snake tail and like a lion's body and some other features. I think one of the if memory serves main core of their existence is that they're just so messed up from being made of all these animal parts is that they can't function outside of aggression. There's just too much going on for them to comprehend.
1: Okay, that makes a little more sense to me because I like I don't really know of any original chimera myths, but now that I'm oh. thinking about inspired stories, that's definitely something that happens. Yeah.
2: A very famous chimera is the Manticore, which is pretty renowned for its violence and aggression. But I think Sphinxes also count. So they can have like a variety of roles.
1: Complete aside here, but when the prospect of playing D&D was presented to me back when I was like 18, possibly gonna like do a session in my dad's group, I was like Find a way for me to play a Manticore and I'll do it. And I guess 3.5 didn't have a great way of doing that then.
0: <laughs> I just love how angry this song is. It's because it's so rare. And if you had this playlist on Shuffle, you'd be like, this came out of the blue, nowhere.
4: Yeah.
0: I love it. I'm entranced, much like the lyrics. <laughs> I also just love how hard the ending of that song is. It just stops on the the, the word stop. It's just and then you're done.
1: Is that how it feels for Siri? Like she's satiated and this mode is over? Yeah,
0: it's, it's over and then she has to look and see what she's done.
1: <laughs> the eyes roll back <laughs> to their normal position.
0: There hasn't been a lot of times where Asiri's been real pissed off or aggressive, but her eyes do roll back like a like a great white shark's do.
2: I don't think we've seen very mis- many instances where Siri has shown no mercy. Correct. Usually she has not been in a frenzy. For now. For now. We're
0: close! In that one circumstance.
1: (laughs) We're getting there,
0: bestie. (laughs) I'm I'm waiting for the day for her to snap. I can't wait to have fun with that.
1: (laughs) Uh, Everybody's got to break bad so my stupid naming structure at the end of the episodes, makes any sense.
0: The eighth song on this playlist is Hunger by Of Monsters and Men. Okay. know of Monsters and Men. They've had a couple big radio singles, i.e. little talks, but they're an indie folk rock band formed in Reykjavik, Iceland in 2010. Lead singers are, and forgive me my pronunciation, Nana Brindis, uh, Hilmiar Stoltir, and Ragnar Thrólsson, and they definitely do a lot more of those classic indie vibes, a lot softer and a lot more emotional felt. Hunger is from their album Beneath the Skin, released in May 2015, and it is the fourth single from that album.
2: I can pick up on a lot of the surface level, but I guess my question for you, Sammy, is... Is there anything in particular about this song that reaches deep for what it means to be A Siri?
0: I think it ties back to her metaphysical needs. Like obviously on the physical level, her people are starving, so there's that. But I think Asiri has a hunger for life that she hasn't yet satisfied in a, a meaningful way. She's not quite sure of what that means and what it means to live she just knows she's not afraid of dying if that makes sense i think she's definitely searching for more and the hunger she wants forces her to act in strange ways she feels like that's the point where she's stumbling over that's where the source of her mistakes are so she's hungry for all this knowledge information all those pieces to make her feel right but at the end of the day she isn't quite sure if it will still be her in the end
1: so something that was interesting to me about this track is our two vocalists here. And there's a little bit of comparison, a little bit of checking in with the other person. I was wondering if that's significant for a Assyria at all. Are we supposed to think of this as a mentor, her sister, someone in conversation with the Siri.
0: I definitely think it's possible. There's definitely long-distance communication. She's very in tune with her her mentor, Elder Musa. But at the same time, there's that stark disconnect. So if you want to see somebody checking in on her, it would be Elder Musa, probably. Or it could be her sort of familiar Forzafini, but Forzafini doesn't talk. (laughs) If only. If only. That that sort of same relationship you have with your dog (laughs) is for Safini. It could be the parts of Assyria in her head that she's fighting with. The urge to explore more of her mysticality, and then the urge to kind of go back to the way things used to be. So there are at odds.
1: We also noticed this was another one where the tempo picks up in the middle.
0: The reason this is placed here, it is that moment after she's had that aggressive outburst, she's having that reckoning and she's figuring out, okay, did I just do that because it was the right thing to do? Or is it because I wanted to do it? And I think that's also part of this conversation. That's
2: why I was mainly curious about what's kind of a little bit more underneath what you feel for a Siri here. I think I kind of get that.
0: There's certainly a lot of weight on her shoulders, depending on how that is distributed. And I know I'm being very vague <laughs> with a lot of stuff because I have a lot of ideas for what I want a Siri to do, but a lot of it depends on what happens in game. So I don't want to say something and then be like, oh, actually, this happened.
2: <laughs> You guys are definitely at a cusp, so maybe some more ideas will solidify, or at least they'll start to line up with what you're thinking.
0: That's exciting. I can't wait to see. The ninth song is WWR by Dreadlight. Light is an alt-rock duo from Portland, Oregon. They describe themselves as pleasantly headbangable, and this was released on the EP Dawn in the series of two other EPs released in the year of 2019 alongside Dusk and Limbo. So they could be viewed as a full album together, but they're separated into little mini-CDs. I love Dreadlight Light if Crane Wives was my discovery of 2021. Dreadlight is my discovery of 2022. I'm obsessed with them. They have absolutely delightful covers of the Hex Girls from Scooby-Doo and Dead Horse by Haley Williams. Absolutely go check them out.
2: I'm also here to say yes, yes, yes. <laughs> check them <laughs> out. That covers. It's really damn good.
0: Yeah, they're very young. I'm excited to see where they go.
2: They're younger than me. feel like their sound is like of a much bigger band,
0: yeah.
1: more widely known band. You know what I mean? Absolutely unrecognized. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot. Well, Especially because you're sitting in the engine of Spotify where you get into your big bands and then you're like, well, here's something that sounds like it hasn't broken big yet. See,
0: I don't have that problem because I listen to bizarre shit all the time and Spotify (laughs) has no idea what to do with me because some days I'll listen to Bruce Springsteen and then the next days I'll be listening to 1920s jazz mixes.
1: So I feel like they've been around long enough they can get people on some different tracks, but... (laughs) You can be chaotic enough that they're unable to serve you anything recognizable. Correct,
0: <laughs> which is most of my
2: problem. <laughs> yeah. I will say I don't know if you guys have experienced this a lot, but for me, a lot of the songs that I have found for some of the playlists, especially for characters that I've made, have come through discovery from suggestions, or at least maybe something that has come up randomly or somewhat randomly. I I don't know, like it, it still plays like a pretty big part because there's a lot of groups that. I've heard through this sort of process that I just, I probably would have not found otherwise.
1: Something that I found really helpful if you're playing a character that has something to do with like a fantasy or sci fi trope, or if you can get something, just like one word that's a little more out there that describes a character, you can usually find some weird tracks that go along with it. Like, I had a character once who was romancing a werebear. So I found some songs by a band named Werebear. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you do it.
0: And Spotify is a great discovery tool for that, and thank you Spotify for introducing me to Dreadlight because I love them.
2: Putting aside what you think about a Siri for the future, how has is Siri been changing up to this point? Because, sure, granted, maybe not a huge amount of time has gone by since you guys first met up with the rest of the group. There's been quite a lot that you've been through already.
0: Yeah. I mean, Asiri's still young, so I I like to imagine her entire personality isn't quite set in stone yet. And I think a lot of what's going to happen through the campaign is the determining factors that sort of put her into the position of what she will eventually be. My thoughts in this song reflects her being overwhelmed, but it also reflects her being as a part of the party, too. Again, this playlist sort of takes place before they meet the party, but it's definitely you can filter it through the lens of it. Some part of series is scared to face herself, as the lyrics suggest. I think she's a little afraid of what she's going to find based on what she chooses and what her actions are. That's why she makes herself be a little bit more meeker than she has the potential to be. Because you guys have seen, when she's in a good mood, she's pretty gregarious and in-your-face about her opinions and things. But when she's uncertain, that's when she draws back and that's when her slow thought process is, takes over and she hesitates.
1: This is definitely the one that makes me feel a Siri most in the playbook. If I was saying, like, this is how a Siri is light, this would be the track I choose from this playlist.
0: The light's sort of the unspoken pillar of the community, and I definitely think a lot of that lead by example sort of thing is present here.
1: Oh, I also jotted down the repetition of Just Keep Going has reminded me of Finding Nemo. <laughs> In the context of the series. I
0: love that, but also rude. Definitely
1: the right place. <laughs>
0: Absolutely rude. One of the things I forgot to mention at the beginning of this episode is I do have a, a set of like unspoken rules about me making playlists. And one of them is I will not intentionally put in songs that are strongly related to other media into a playlist. So like if it's explicitly from a movie, if it's explicitly of like a video game soundtrack, I won't put it into a character playlist. Because I want you to think about the character and not that piece of media that's not related. <laughs>
1: it comes up again later and yes the exact same thing (laughs) thank you (laughs) i will always think of a serious dory now
0: good i'm glad (laughs) hopefully she's not as forgetful hopefully hopefully the 10th song is called spirit in disguise by olive klug released on Olive Clug's EP Fire Alarm that was released in September of 2019. She is an independent singer-songwriter and has a flair for folky music with a strong lyrical sense. This was a newer song for this playlist, probably put out like a month ago. This absolutely encapsulates one of the concepts I have for a series going forward.
2: Oh, so we can't
1: learn too much about <laughs> this one. I not wow.
0: answer every and all questions, but who knows? <laughs>
1: I will just comment then that I saw a theme, not just in this song, but throughout of a sort of deification of Assyri. And maybe that's just because we're talking about being related to the abyss sometimes, but this one is sort of explicitly like in the end, calling yourself a goddess. And I think there is a little, you could mishear spirit in disguise as spirit in the (laughs) skies. I think that's purposeful. There's a lot about just deification other people being unaware of it here.
0: It kind of goes back to the overall mysticality that a series sort of possesses. It makes me laugh so hard because Alex and I did not really talk about our characters beforehand with each other going into this campaign, but there's just so many- if the Venn diagrams were put together, it's like nearly a circle. It's so-
2: <laughs> <laughs> The it is, I talked with each of you before about your characters and I saw this coming. <laughs> <laughs> which I was so so totally ready for. <laughs> I'm like, oh man. They got some pretty
1: connected yet opposing backgrounds in a major way. I mean I love that as being in the dark and the light.
0: It makes me nervous too sometimes about the choices I make, because I don't want it to be viewed like, oh Alex did something cool, so I'm just gonna copy what Alex did.
1: I was just faster than gaining experience. I know,
0: that's it. Uh, A series uh, of slow bloomer.
1: (laughs) Smog was already like a master. Yeah,
0: that's true.
2: That's where our characters
1: are very divergent.
0: Yeah.
2: There's quite a lot of opposition. Quite a lot of mistrust that... could be spread around especially in the beginning it makes sense there was a lot of people the circumstances were completely unknown but that sort of barrier people put up when they first encountered so many people was part of the reason why smog sort of background energy was just replenished <laughs>
1: experienced. A, lot, a lot of dark links to go around especially early <laughs> on. yeah and that kind of petered out like i got out at the right time i guess
2: familiarity starts to breed more compassion more acceptance the more you know something the, the more sure you are of it
0: yeah i've said this before and i always think about the one session we had where smog was looking at like what's the most dangerous thing here in this deep dive and dan was just like a siri and i always think about <laughs> that like that has lived in my brain rent free <laughs> that happened And you're absolutely correct, because Asiri is (laughs) one of the most dangerous people in the campaign, barring maybe Athanos and Smog themselves for obvious reasons, but you have to be pushed to an extreme to experience that, and I think that's part of the disguise that's here for Asiri. She's definitely a lot more than she lets on to be.
1: There's a lot of other stuff working towards this, but I like the line specifically, unintentionally cryptic, because it's how a lot of the conversations go with the Siri. Like there's certain things that had to be explained to her. There's certain things that have different words. I think we talked about, I don't think we brought this up in the actual episode it happened in, but we talked about how jousting can have different meanings.
0: <laughs> because Assyria knows the one definition, but not the land definition.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you don't know the sea definition, maybe you don't have to look it up.
0: Yeah. That's for an adult, but if you wanna email me, I can teach you about sea slugs.
1: <laughs> right. I was about to open a new tab. <laughs> I think I was the one to catch on to that yeah. in session two. I was like, I seriously don't need to know about
4: it. Yeah,
0: because I said it as such a throwaway comment. I was shocked that you heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the I, I should write to Genius and tell them their lyrics are wrong for this song, but the, the, the second verse...
4: You that, Genius? You're <laughs> blessed.
0: ...is she's an ugly intellectual, which I think is also true, because Asiri is so fucking smart, it's just she doesn't have the surface context, and that makes her look like a bumbling idiot a lot of the times, and I think that's so entertaining to play as. I'm so glad I gave myself that barrier as a player.
2: I think something that we have at least been able to cover rather successfully in this campaign is the fact that your circumstances kind of equip you to understand and know very certain things. When these circumstances intersect you see that there arises that misunderstanding and some of those barriers that come up that slowly get
1: circumvented through collaboration from what used to be just completely disparate forces. What I appreciate about Asiri in that context too is that she will readily admit what she does not know, whereas some other characters (laughs) might pretend they know everything or at least gloss over things they don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because seriously the last thing she wants to be is responsible for leaving you astray. So if she's like straight up like, hey, I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> then the onus is no longer on her. I love this one. This is a very recent edition. And once I heard it, I was like, this is perfect.
2: I do definitely think I've heard this one before, but I did not listen to it as much as the other one.
0: The 11th song is Sweeter the Heart by Julian Moon
3: easier to just check out Most people live with their eyes turned down It's hard to see the beauty in the struggle Make peace with what you cannot change Choose to see divine and commonplace It don't make
0: an indie alternative artist from Salt Lake City, Utah, that now lives in LA. This song was released on the EP Pomegranate Seeds in October of 2017. And Pomegranate Seeds, unsurprisingly, is inspired by the Greek myth of Persephone and the struggles of womanhood. The title song, Pomegranate Seed, fucking slaps. So go listen to it too. It's great. This song is one of the older songs of a series playlist. And I was like, "This this is who she is. This is the core of her personality. This is everything I want her to be.
2: This song is one of my favorites. I feel like it's a very positive light on a series journey. I definitely hope it keeps bearing weight going forward as well.
1: Yeah, this is the second one that is like, this really hones me into the playbook with the series because we have this sort of concept of staying strong and positive in the face of darkness. Sorry to talk about Smog again, but like, <laughs> we've said before that these two have an interesting relationship. It just feels completely opposed to him. We have this woman who's trapped in in darkness and finds positivity in it. And we have that compared with this little shithead who founded a group of heroes and managed to still be the worst version of himself he could be. Yeah, before we move on, there's one more thing I wanted to say, like in relation to smog, because we have this version of female empowerment and the struggles of womanhood. And there's also bits of smog that I wanted to explore that are definitely toxic masculinity. (laughs) Oh shit! (laughs) so this song definitely makes me think of those contrasts with the characters absolutely
0: and one of the other unspoken rules I had for this playlist which doesn't apply to most of my other character playlists but because a series of mermaid I definitely wanted this to be strongly feminine voiced I wanted there to be a lot more female artists than there were male artists because I definitely think that just adds to the context of her character like she is very deeply a femme strong female woman and that's definitely what I wanted to explore going forward with her. And my favorite line of this song is choose to see divine and commonplace, it don't make you weak. Empathy is vital. And a series' biggest strength and weakness is her extremely massive amount of empathy.
2: I think this is definitely what we've seen on full display going to this point. Even with people who the rest of the group might consider a villain, the series still reaches out with empathy towards them. It's very true.
0: Because no other character knows true darkness in the same way she does. I love how that plays out every time. The 12th song is called Onward by Madeline May.
3: They were am mold and gray. I miss you all knowing. I'll let them.
0: Madeline May is very new and up and coming into the music scene. They're just 20 years old. They're a self-described singer-songwriter from Arizona, and they often pair their music with hand-drawn art. This song was released on the EP Where No One Knows My Name in September of 2022. So very, very brand-spake new release. This was the second
1: song that reminded me of Finding Nemo.
4: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love <Adelaide>. oh, you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> One love how the vocals evolve i have if, if anything only listened to this mainly through like external speakers listening through headphones is a really different experience for this also the vibe reminds me of one of my favorite groups gregory and the hawk gives me A very strong energy that's similar to that so i will probably check out more of their music
0: yeah i was actually looking at some gregory and the hawk songs for a series playlist but unfortunately none of them quite matched up but definitely (laughs) on on the same wavelength there
2: the other thing is i feel like this song and correct me if i'm wrong i feel like this is very much describing some of a series experience now into this adventure that she's found herself in so
0: this particular song this place takes place before the start of the campaign and we're sort of easing out of our scrunch which is the very end as we go into the finale of this playlist so this is a siri leaving odessa marilla the city she sometimes lives in after a ritual going bad and this is what's happening like right before they get warped into the start of the game so this Mm. is sort of the prayer she's saying to herself like she doesn't know if she'll ever come back again at this point she's so embarrassed she's so upset with herself and she's like please don't follow i'm going where no one knows my name and that letting go of everything you ever knew because you're so ashamed of yourself i
2: might have forgotten this detail but was a siri basically preparing to put herself in voluntary exile yes <laughs>
0: Homeless. At least until she could figure out what was wrong and what's going on with her people, you know, either due to the pressure of her, her chieftain and her leader, or just a lot of other factors and then being young and stupid. She feels like a lot of the catastrophe of her society is on her shoulders because she is now that new, Not she's not quite a leader yet because she's just a priestess in training, but she knows that that mantle is coming for her this is one of the points where she's like i'm not sure if this is where i want to be in my life even though i was selected for this even though i'm supposedly destined for this this is that uncertainty so i'm willing to give it up and go onward forever away just to figure myself out before we proceed here
2: and in the very least Isiri knows that people are going to look to her for answers for an explanation and at that point Isiri
1: had none because actually almost to this point she's Still trying to find that for herself. I was wondering because, I mean, obviously, this came pretty late into the game, if this also had something to do with a series future, because I feel like we have more of that little push towards maybe deification going on here. We've got an interesting breakdown, like a corruption of things at the end, (laughs) I think speaks to a, a change.
0: I love the structure. The song's only like a minute 15. It's very short. And what the clip you just heard was all of the lyrics of this song. It's very brief, but I think it encapsulates so much in the time it does use that breakdown at the end. Like I almost cut this song from the playlist, but I was like, the way this song leads into the final song, the moments encapsulated in that, because so it, it ends in the sort of techno, sort of deep sonar beeping sort of sound as it fades out. I, I just think it's perfect and it does hint at those stronger powers you were suggesting, Alex.
1: I'm excited.
0: I am too. <laughs> <laughs> I have many thoughts and many plans. I just need to see how they unfurl. Ooh. The the 13th and final song on this playlist for a series is Dream Sweet in C Major by Miracle Musical.
3: Alone at the edge of a universe humming a tune For merely dreaming we were snow Mm. A siren sound like the goddess who promises endless apologies of paradise and only she can make it right so things are different tonight
0: In flight. So, what can I say about Miracle Musical? They are a musical project spearheaded by Joe Holly with Ross Federman and Bora Karaka. Uh, hopefully, I said that correctly. Their only work to date and potentially ever is Hawaii Part 2, which was released on December 12th, 2012 at 12 12 12 a.m. This is a highly, highly surrealist experience. This entire album is bizarre. It goes through many genres. We're talking like rap, 8-bit techno sort of stuff to that traditional musical overture style. To There's a song that's a palindrome. It's played the same backwards and forwards. It crosses all sorts of languages. There's songs in English. There's features in French, Japanese, and native Hawaiian as well. This album is nuts. And I have to thank Daniel for showing me this because it's, it's a masterpiece in composition overall. I could do an entire podcast about this fucking album. I could do a podcast about this fucking song
4: yeah.
0: <laughs> with how complicated and surreal they'd never tell you the meaning of the story. Cause this entire album has a story, but it's entirely up to your interpretation.
2: Yeah. This is something that I definitely would like to encourage anyone listening to check out. It is an, unforgettable experience and like sammy said it's it's woven together you gotta listen to the album in order completely this song is in particular the finale of the album and it brings together and when i say this i mean it it brings together all of the other parts of the album into one final song
1: it's quite a long
2: song it's seven minutes long long.
0: (laughs) and it has it does have features of every other song but it's it doesn't feel forced like sometimes if if you're sitting through like a a musical overture sometimes it's like okay they had to put a weird section here to connect these two pieces there's none of that here it's so fluid and it goes so greatly with everything it's been built upon previously it is a a master class of composition
2: Personally, I think this song in particular, actually, it poses some changes or differences or contrasts with what some of the precedent of some of the earlier songs were, because this album has an intro that has a very similar beginning, except the lyrics are distinctly different in a pretty significant way. This song is very much of this album, but at the same time, there's a lot of elements in it that... Pertain to a the series as well. It was
0: so hard to pick a cut of the seven-minute song to share. <laughs> There's so much going on in this piece that it's it's mind-boggling.
1: Something that I appreciate that I just understood listening to this clip again was that the voice sounds like it's coming through a radio at first while the instruments are very crisp. And then when we get towards the end, there's a shift where it feels kind of like it's coming out of a speaker.
2: This clip that we're listening to now directly mirrors the very beginning of the album. And I I think I'll leave it there because it's something that I definitely encourage people to listen to the rest of the album.
0: (laughs) If there's anything you take away from this, other than like how cool Siri is, listen to this fucking album. It's amazing. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I think that's the plug. To be honest, yeah.
0: there's a lot going on here, and in my mind, this is a the outro of that album. But it's, I also put it as the outro to a series playlist here. Whereas a lot of the other songs are like a Siri thinking about herself or a Siri's experiences stuff. In my mind, this is the abyss communicating to a Siri. This is like after mm-hmm. if the the last song onward was a series prayer to the abyss, this is the abyss's answer.
1: Hey. Did we, like, telepathically connect over our characters or something? <laughs> like...
0: I'm literally, like, every time you do something as Smog, I'm like, fuck, Alex is going to think I'm copying him. <laughs> I'm just like, god <laughs> fucking damn it. <laughs> uh,
2: I will say that there are some distinct differences that kind of separate Smog and Siri despite some of the circumstances that they're from. <laughs> I guess I'm also curious, Alex, what your thoughts on this
1: track are. I mean, okay, this is stupid, but they use the same pun for the title of the song that we do for series character introduction in the playlist episode. This will be P.C. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: God, dream suite is a type of suite,
4: mm-hmm. a musical
0: suite, and it's in C major, and the song isn't the key of C major. Uh, <laughs> I think. Yep. I think about this way too much.
2: Hawaii as a sort of concept that this album communicates with actually is only ever mentioned in this song towards the end. There's a whole swath of other songs that in this album that evoke, I guess, a concept of paradise, eternal life, or the sea as a sort of isolating force. This is the one that really only evokes Hawaii directly, at least in, in name. And it always makes me wonder what some of the intentions of that were and i have my own ideas but this is not the podcast yeah.
0: <laughs> again i could talk about the song yeah. all day it's it's not funny to let you in on one of the other clips that didn't make it in because i was really torn between the clip i played and then another one that goes you look quite divine tonight here amongst these vibrant lights pure delights surround us as we sail sign yours truly the whale a Siri as a being of emanating light in this crushing eternal darkness. I just think that's a beautiful way to say you're moving forward here. This song is, at least in context of a Siri, is saying, Alright, you're asking for this change, you're asking for understanding. I'm gonna give it to you, but it's it's not gonna be the way that you thought it might come. And that's what I'm choosing to interpret the call to action here being summoned to sequence charter as, as the Abyss saying, you need to figure yourself out and this is how you're going to do it.
1: So you've told us you've been hiding something about the master of the lost. And there's a very strong theme of surrealism and dreamlike quality throughout this playlist. Is there for chance some connection that you have planned with the master of the lost and some change in the series?
0: I don't know. That depends on how the planned conversation I have with the Master goes. (laughs) (laughs) The Master is a slippery character, but I think a lot of the parallels in what I described to Dan as what the Abyss represents and what it is, is very, very overt in the Master as well, as well as some other characters we've run into. Like, Dan's got a a fantastic job of sprinkling in character hooks for everybody, (laughs)
2: Uh, goodness i try
0: <laughs> but there's a lot going on for a siri in the context of her home world and i, I do need to have a strong conversation with dan about <laughs> a
2: strongly a strong worded conversation wrongly worded letter
0: <laughs> per my last email <laughs>
1: You could just talk to. Me I, I know. All. Best wishes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, when I write, sounds
2: good. That's how it's. That's how I'm saying.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as Alex has strongly hinted and suggested, I do have concepts of a series awakening to greater power. I just don't know what that looks like yet. I have my ideas, and I feel like. This song sort of encapsulates that promise made to her, because for a series people, it's not so much the God grants a gift, and that's it. you know, it's it's not a one-way conversation. It, you get give, you get some take here. And right now, this is the abyss taking from a series so that she learns something to give back much more in return.
2: obviously, because there is a lot of song to choose from. what made you land on the opening of the song? as far as what you thought maybe encapsulated a series the most?
0: I don't want to say it was a coin flip, because it wasn't, but it's...
4: (laughs) It was a dice roll. Yeah, it was a dice
0: roll, as everything else in my life is. I think knowing that we're going to talk about Onward, the previous song before this, and leading that into this song in particular, because the sort of humming, beepy sonar sound at the end of Onward leads into this song, and then the very end of this song is also sort of like a dramatic pedal tone hum out I think they go together and I kind of just wanted to pick the intro here as it's a zoom out so if the first song on this playlist is us going underwater this is us following a siri into the portal this is no longer camera focused on a siri it's focused on a siri as part of the world now if that makes sense and this is the abyss saying we'll go together because it's no longer about just you in this moment oh felt good man (laughs)
4: What, what do you oh, want me good, to
2: yeah. say? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> um, I think that's perfectly good. I think it kind of finally being able to put it into a concise description. But what really kind of makes a Siri stand out is that a Siri is a creature based on a monster that either looks or sounds appealing, but is really predatory in nature, at least in terms of its intentions, really malevolent in its intentions. Whereas Isiri is someone who looks sort of menacing on the outside, looks sort of malevolent. The intentions, and that's kind of connecting it back to this song, at least this snippet here, is the fact that Isiri is a siren who is trying to make everything better she's trying to enact in a much more benevolent force it's very much that sort of inverse of what you would typically expect
0: yeah you're picking up what i'm putting down and i appreciate it so let's get into the resolution phase the segment of the show where we each get to say something about this playlist but with no responses what is your final say on this experience daniel
2: i think that some part of the universe is trying to tell a siri that she can make things right you can find me by listening to the very low but noticeable hum in the background
1: you got to change out your light bulb
0: Alright, right what about you alex
1: this was a very exciting playlist, but we probably have a couple more ahead of us, including one for the new Avatar of Alexander Smog. You can find me at Twitter, Shining Crobat. I was struggling with something to plug specifically for an Siri episode, and I was considering music, but I don't think you need more of that to investigate right now. So I'm gonna suggest a game called Osmos. If I had to compare it to something I think Katamari would be the best, you start as sort of a blob of water collecting smaller blobs of water to get larger, and I think that idea of like water and consumption made me think of a Siri and is a perfect sort of evergreen recommendation because I loved that game.
0: As for myself, I guess the only way we can take a Siri is onward into that sweet sea. You can find me at the base of the Kelp beds, hanging out with all the Selkies. This has been Resolve, an afterplay show. You can find us online at most social media sites at Resolve AP
1: except Instagram, which is at resolve after Play.
0: Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. You can buy the game we're playing in our regular episodes, Interstitial, Our Hearts Intertwined, from its creator, Riley Hopkins, at linksmithgames.com.
1: All links will be included in the description of the episode.
0: Including a link to this playlist. Thank you so much for listening. We end our turn here, so now it's your turn. Tell us about a playlist you're making for your character.